Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. Tune to make the warbles go away. Yeah, and yeah. the more professional bands will carry a pitch pitchfork. Right. And they'll go backstage and they'll have at least one guitar with a pitchfork, you know, the tuning fork, yeah. put it on the headstock. Yeah. And then and that's how you hear it, and that's how you what, what that's how you tune that guitar, and then everybody else tunes. Right. You know, on stage yeah. or if you if you can do it you know backstage the bass always was too low and my and at that time i was still playing flat wound so i wasn't getting good harmonics still with i needed to hear through through an amplifier so just out of interest when did you start using raman strings uh blah, blah, blah. basically when i left florida because florida roto sounds which was the first one that we were exposed to, especially because of uh, Chris Squire and John M. Whistle, you know, yeah. uh, they didn't have major distribution uh, in the United States. So Florida was kind of like one of the last places where Roto Sounds filtered their way down to. Uh, so it wasn't until I left Florida, like in the in the 70s, mid-70s that I started playing Roto Sounds because they were available, like, let's say I was in Chicago or New York playing, then I could go to a store and get them there. I remember when I first heard Roundabout, I thought it was a clavinet. I didn't even realize it was a bass guitar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like that, that sound. Like Chris Squire definitely, well, he definitely had his own thing. Did, did you ever, uh, did you ever hear his album, Fish Out of Water? Yes. I love yeah. that album. I thought yeah. it was just brilliant. Yeah. And it's amazing how much he sounds like John Anderson, his voice. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. incredible. Like, yeah, it's, it's I, no wonder I, the I harmonies also, were so tight. I I also know the uh, the new bass player Billy Sherwood, uh, Billy, in his first bands, he got signed because he he sounded like John Anderson singing. Ah, you know, and then for for projects, he had a band with Chris Choir. Okay. Yeah, so, and and Billy is the bass player that when when Chris was in his deathbed, he told his family that he wanted Billy to take over, you know, so he's definitely the only guy who could have come in and done that, take, yeah. you know, take over. Yeah, it was sort of, yeah, was, he, he got anointed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, time. which is nice. Yeah. So you were close to Chris? <sighs> Put it, put it this way, I, I yeah, it, it, it was crazy times. It was crazy. And by that, look, I, I was as close as we were living in the same building in, in, in West Hollywood. And he was my neighbor. And Chris was one of those guys that he could knock on your door two or two or three o'clock in the morning just wanting to party. Yeah. <laughs> I know he spent some time in Vancouver. I've, I've heard the stories. <laughs> and it was like, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, after after a few times, you just, you know, you go like, oh, no, this, this is not going to have a good ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but and, and it's really a shame because, you know, he's definitely one of one of my biggest heroes. I mean, we're, just, we're just talking like really, you know, but once, you know, you start getting into the area of socializing, especially in L.A., it, you know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get to spend the quality time with him that I really wanted to. But, uh, but, but nevertheless, you know, I, it's, it, what, the, the musical 
legacy that he left behind, you know, is unparalleled. Well, he changed the instrument. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, almost as much, uh, like to me, McCartney is the guy that really mm-hmm. brought the bass into the world, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, in, in a rock and roll genre. But yeah. Chris Squire then took yeah. it. It was like, Chris Squire was like what Eddie Van Halen did after Jimi Hendrix to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, as as, you know, but the, but the, the 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 real anomaly about McCartney is that he created all of that, and I'm a huge fan of Hofner. I have a Hofner. I have a uh, a relic, which is a a reenactment of right. the way they're still built in the same place by the same people. You know, with the same strings, you know, pyramid strings, which are pyramid strings are very nearby the Hofner factory, you know. And, but if you look at what everybody else was playing and you look at what McCartney made history with, it's a very unique instrument. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our many other podcasts featuring vignettes and full episodes from a growing list of recording artists and other music insiders. And please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so we can bring you more great content from this and many other shows we're now producing. Available both on podcast and video on demand.